welcome to the Outdoor You Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Outdoor You Podcast. This is episode two, January Whitetail Forum. I am your host, Rob. Thank you for giving us a listen. And joining us tonight are two good friends of mine, two avid outdoorsmen, Rick and Dave. Hello, hello. Rick, how are you? Good. Recovering. Yes. Rick is going under. He uh, missed a lot of the 2022 deer season as he had to have his knee replaced right in the peak of the rut. Two days I hunted. Yeah. One's bow hunting and one gun hunting. Yeah, but you, you did okay. Yeah. You were you were a prime example of I'll hunting. I'll be lucky about, good any time. Rick was the prime example of being at the right place at the right time. Amen. So that deer, that big one, well, he was, that deer was on camera for nine days straight, two to three times a day. So we knew he was there. It just, he was playing mind games with junior. Oh, he killed him. I thought he was going to stroke out that day. He missed him by 20 minutes. I said, that's what happens when you're a nice guy and go help other people drag deer out. Yeah. And also Dave, Dave, welcome. Howdy, howdy. So we are going to, as I said in my introductory um, podcast, one of the things that um, whitetail hunting is going to be obviously one of our key subjects since it's so near and dear to my heart and I'm very passionate about um, and can literally talk for hours. So I think whenever you have a subject like that, you, uh, you're screaming to do a podcast on it. So what I really am wanting to do with this is every month, we're going to dedicate one podcast to specifically whitetail deer and, and in correlation of the month we're in and what as us, as the whitetail hunters world should be, could be, can be doing in that particular month. And obviously here we are the first year, well, we're already to almost at the end of January, but we're going to be talking tonight about what we can be doing um, in the month of January from the, uh, from the aspect of whitetails. Now, as most of us, the season's over. There are a few states yep. that are still going. Ohio goes to February 1st. Any other states? Texas, I believe. I think Texas rut's going on right now. Um, I don't – there might be one or two others. I'm not sure. But them are the two big ones that, you know, come I, – Iowa's done. Um, but, yeah. So, for um, before we get into that, let's just do a real quick recap. Rick um, – we, did, we briefly talked about you had a very short but yet successful yeah. 2022 season as you doubled up on opening day of gun season. Yeah, I shouldn't have shot the first one, but he blew. It was one of those, you know, it's the rule, the doe's going to blow. Well, he was a half rack, and the second deer I ended up shooting broke the first one. Um, month, Three weeks to a month before me killing him, we have him on camera going into a spot. And within a half hour coming back out where one snapped in half. And I don't know what happened. He caught something in my, you know, we had the blind that's been there for 12 years since pretty much since we've owned it. Um, and uh, he, I could see, I going to let him go, but then he started doing the back step. And I knew as soon as he started backing up like a horse, he was going to turn and blow. And he blew and he didn't get a chance to turn. Um, so I, I just sat there, I called Hunter and he said, Hey, that was me. I shot the half rack. He said, good. I said, stay up there and hunt. He said, Tell me, I'm just, I'm watching the doe right now, you know, in the food plot, enjoying it. Well, I seen another doe come off the top of the hill in the snow. Um, probably 45 minutes went by. So the first one I shot, I dropped him right in his tracks and this doe, I, I don't know if. It was curiosity or the smell. I don't know if they, you know, the blood and the smell right there, but she would not leave him alone, but she would not get within 10, 15 yards of him, but she walked circles around the steer for 45 minutes. And then I seen another doe coming, and I'm going to just watch. I'm enjoying the woods like we do. Um, And it was like a snow globe got turned upside down, and it was just exploded with snow. And here come the big eight running this doe to the end of the food plot. And he stopped and put his nose up in the air. And I made a great shot. He made it 
three bounds and hit a tree and died. So my best Michigan buck, the he probably would have been real close to high 40s, maybe 50, if he went six days prior we had a full set of horns. Within those six days, he snapped his G3. He lost nine inches probably, lost four inches on his G2, and chipped an inch off his brow tine. So yeah, it was a good deer. I mean, I'm happy. He's a five-and-a-half-year-old deer. It was a good day. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. So, Dave, how about you? I know you had a good year. Yeah, had a good year. Um, what what hurt us a little bit is the year before we really had um, a lot of our big bucks were killed. I mean, we did really well around us, but around us within a mile, I think we said we had five or six bucks over one fifty were killed last year, like two thousand twenty one season. So 22 came, and it was like the pickings just weren't as, you know, the bucks just weren't as big. So we had two or three bucks that were over three and a half, maybe four and a half years old. And we had one we knew for sure that um, was living not on our property, but he was kind of the one I really wanted. You know, we, we got pictures of him late. Um, but there was other buck we called him the Crab Claw 10, and that's um, a buck that we knew. And then it, about, I, know, I think it was October 30th, 30th or 31st, I think I shot that deer. Somewhere around then. I'm not exactly sure what the date was. I don't think it was that late. Was it? Was it? I, it was I think it was. I think it, sometime around. It was, it was late October. I'm pretty sure it was late October. And, and the, the story I like is that, you know, I was literally, I knew the, the weather was coming. It was getting bad. And I, I, um, I was doing my leaves. And I had to get every leaf up because it was coming. Um, and I wanted to make sure I had gun season open and then the rut was almost here and I did not want to be dealing with leaves and all that kind of stuff. So I sat out there and I busted my butt all day long. It's three 30. I'm like, man, I could get in the woods. It's getting too, too late. And I literally took all my stuff, put it on, stood in front of my fire, let everything smoke myself all the way out. But I didn't put on my, my covers. So I'd get to my spot, put the covers on, go hunt. And I had, um, I heard a weird, I heard literally a rack, one antler hit an antler. And I was like, what is that? I just, I've never heard that in the woods. Like, just one antler. It wasn't tinking. I mean, it just it was weird. I was like, something's weird over in the woods. And it was, on the, it was almost on the property line. So I thought maybe someone was over there doing some work or something. And all of a sudden, I could see three does coming up out of the pines. They come right up to me. Dead. There's a big hill, and deer got literally almost eye level with me, dead downwind. And not one of those does got me. They put their heads up in the air. They wanted to, but they couldn't get me. So I was like, all right. They go, I actually, I take my mask. I do this a lot. I take my hat. I put it over my face. I take my hands and put it over my face. So they just can't see anything. I just do that whenever I, the does are right there, especially big does. And as soon as they, I, I, you know how you put your like hands like a spider web and you can see through it. I kind of did that as they walked on. And the one big, the biggest doe of the three, she finally walked over and then I could hear them coming through the pines behind them. And here, they're like two bulls side by side, but it was a big 10 and it was like a seven point. And when the, the crab claw came through, he kind of nudged the other one, started grunting a little bit, and the other one then stopped, and he let him go first. And I shot him like at 20 yards broadside. It's the first deer I ever shot, though, that I can remember. That I, My arrow went right through the heart. The deer took three bounds, fell over, and never made another step. I mean, nothing. Didn't even didn't scratch. Didn't do anything. I thought that was – I've never had that happen out of all the deer I've, I've shot over the years. But that was kind of cool. So he ended up being 215 pounds, field-dressed. You know, he scored about he scored right at one forty, so he wasn't a giant buck, but that's a big deer for our, our area for oh, Southwest yeah. Michigan. That's a that's that's a dandy buck. So, yeah. um, so I was pretty happy with him. But after that, I really was hunting that other deer, and then on the second day of gun season, he was killed by the neighbor. So I was like, but it is what it is. Good for wow. them, you know. Um, they're, they're hunting over there too, and he just happened. And and on our property, they I think I told you before they put this the pig manure on the land and we found out the deer do just no, don't go across fresh pig manure yep. they will not it's the plague and what happened is the deer didn't want to come across that field so they stayed on that waterway and that's what he was doing he's working a waterway and he stayed on the neighbor's property so it is what it is but we had a good year yeah i had a first for me as i spent the majority probably 80 percent of the season um we had a couple of target bucks on trail camera that were pretty religiously showing up on trail camera. Um, a couple of us had seen a couple from time to time. Just didn't work out. The, the one morning I had to where, and that's, that's the one thing 
that you can also use trail cameras to your advantage, I guess. Some people probably would say this, you know, the old schoolers don't like this, but we had one camera on a, literally on a tree stand that where this was really, that it was the hot, it was the hot bed for where this one particular buck was really showing up pretty religiously, especially in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And we would always make an effort. It's like, you hunt the stand, dude, you got to get out there like an hour before it even cracks light at the, at the latest, if not, well, I think the one Early. morning Hunter went out there, it was two hours, and he, yeah. he ran into him and had to get in your, your blind. Right. So. And so one morning I'm walking, and I get about halfway. It's, a, it's a, literally a mile walk from the truck. It's a long ways. And I get about halfway. I'm like, I'm going to check my camera. Pull up, and I see it. I see that it went off. I look, and it's him. And it had been about six minutes since he had passed. But And, of course, we still have standing corners. I'm like, so here I am. I'm probably 200 yards away, nowhere near him. There's, there's no way that he would know that I was even on the property, the way the the, the property is structured out. But it's like, I'm not going back there because I have no idea where he's at now. He could be, he could literally just be 20 yards past where the camera was, and he's eating corn or whatever. And I'm so, I back out. I literally, like, back step, turn around. I just go hunt another stand that morning. Um. And just basically play cat and mouse for the majority of the year. And uh, and then gun season came and went, and here we come into December. And I'm like, well, here comes my, my even year curse is, <laughs> is going to happen again because since two, two th- up until this year, 2006 was the last year that I killed a, a buck on an even year. Ever since then, every odd year, I was successful. Not only would I get a buck, but shot a, a fairly decent one. And they're like, well, here we go again. So now we roll into December, second week of December, mind you. And, or even second half, muzzleloading was already over. Well, technically. No, I, it wasn't. Yes, it wasn't. I thought it was, <laughs> it was right? Yeah. It was that we had a weird shotgun season for bucks. We anyway, had a second shotgun In Michigan, season. but I'm not going to get into that. And I'm, I'm glad it didn't work out that way because I, I still feel that it's way too late to be hunting a buck with, with a gun in December. But anyway. I go out on a Sunday afternoon, and I take my client, take my lone wolf out, strategically place this stand in this little funnel that we call the hourglass that goes through the swamp where we've got I've got water on both sides of me. Play the wind to my advantage, to where I hug the one swamp on the one side with the wind hitting me in the face, blowing right into that water. And lo and behold, one of the other target bucks who we call Brocephus. He's probably five, six year old. I think he's older than that. Tall. I mean, not wide be. at all, but I mean, he's he he's seventeen ever, inches tall. Oh, it's it's unbelievable, and just mass. Oh. He's black, a, white, white. A, he's a got black top. He almost looks when he looks directly at you, looks like a mule deer. And I haven't seen him all year except on camera. Next thing I know, boom, there he is. I'm like, I was doing prior to that. I was doing a little like grunt and bleat sequences back and forth. I'm not sure if that's what lured him in. Don't know, or just he just happened to come. And it's it's like reading the script. He's coming from my south. The winds hit me in the face, blowing to the west. He's the only way he's he's gonna go right in front of me. The winds in perfect. I mean, I mean this is and he's coming and then he stops, and he's just like, eh. and he didn't really. I mean, he had no clue I was there. Never even looked my direction. And he just decided to stop and turn around and walk the other way. And I snort wheezed at him, and then initially it kind of scared him, and he and he jumped off, and he, and he he ran away about maybe five yards, but then he just stopped, and then he was cool, calm, and collected, and uh, I'm like all right, and then I hit a grunt, turned him on a dime, and he came right back, came and and I'm hunting in this thick area where it, I mean I'm t- dude we've got, I can say there's a hundred sapling trees, and I'd be I'm not over exaggerating. <laughs> I mean, there's literally, I've only got like X number of windows to shoot through with my bow, and he's still got to come about another 20 yards to get into those windows. Even though he's still, he's at 40. I mean, he's in, but I just have no shots there. And he's quartering, and he's coming to me. And then um, he makes a scrape, and then the next thing you know, he stops, and then he turns, and he starts walking straight. I'm like, well, he's not going to circle me because he's going to have to get in the water. To do that's why I strategically placed my stand so they wouldn't. Well, that 
big son bitch is big for a reason because yeah. he literally did the circle game and he went into the water. He was the water came up to his belly <clears throat> as he walked. And I just and of course again I have zero shots behind me, so I'm just sitting there watching him and just waiting for him to hit my line of scent. And boom, it was all she wrote. Especially when you call grunt bleat yeah. anything, they come in don't see yep. a deer, they're gonna downwind you. Yep. I mean, they're the big ones and the small ones. The little little bucks will come in and do that. But, you know, those those big ones, they're smart for a reason. So that was that. So then the following night, I'm like, you know what? It's Again, that. but I said, you know what? At least I saw them. The experience was cool. Oh, sure. You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm happy. So the following night, I go back out w- with another buddy of mine. And I go down on the on the south end. And I'm literally up in my stand. And it just, I'm like, man, this don't, I, I was just, I was in a, I wasn't a, I wasn't in a right frame of mind. I just didn't like, I didn't want to be where I was. Yeah. I just, have you ever had that feeling oh, yeah. where you're like, you get up in your stand, then all of a sudden it's just like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I, I'm not in the right spot. I just had to, I'm, I'm not in the right spot. And I look over and I see this huge tree fall down, like where the entire root system and everything is sticking straight up in the air. I'm like, and, and I can tell on the other side of that was a lot clearer, had more shots and that's coming out of the swamp. I'm like. So I sneaked down, and I literally, it's like, I felt like the Predator Rambo. Like, literally, I mean, I'm vertically challenged anyway, but you, I mean, this, this root base was literally like seven foot tall. Okay, so I'm literally standing behind this thing, using it as a shield. And I hadn't stand, stood there for more than maybe five minutes, and I look back in the swamp, and I see a deer coming. I'm like, oh. And then, oh, that's, that's a decent buck. And he comes up, and he's coming from the north, I'm the south. Wind's actually now blowing to the straight east. So he's coming at me from 12 o'clock. Wind's blowing from, it might blowing from 3 to 9 o'clock. And he goes right to about the 9 o'clock position. Goes around. So now I'm literally, he's on the other side of the, of the tree rut. Snort wheezed, stopped him, turned him around, and he came right back around, circled me. I'm like, oh, he's doing the exact same thing that the other buck did the night before, but... He came around. A little around, closer. A little closer. A little closer. I had a little open shot. And brought right when he – if he got to 9 o'clock, I'm screwed. But about at 11.30 position, that's when I let him have it at 20 yards. And that deer was dead within 10 seconds. Yeah. So that was the first – not it. only – so my <laughs> – obviously I texted you guys. And then another text was my dad and then my son. And my son's reply was, the even curse is over. <laughs> he didn't, my, my son hardly – I can get him out maybe once a year. And he remembered that was the first thing out of his mouth was the even curse is over. And this was also too, here I I just turned 50, and I've been hunting since I was 13 years old. That is the first buck I've ever shot in December. Never shot a buck before in December. Yeah, well, you're usually tagged out or, you know, it's so, the weather's so crappy or you're ice fishing or you're doing basketball games. But it was December this year. You know, one hundred. A lot of rut activity too. Still in December. That second rut, they say that second rut come muzzleloaders can be as strong as, if not stronger than the first one. But we had a great rut this year. There were yeah. so many big deer killed around this area. The rut around this area is by far the best I've seen in twenty years. You know, as far as big bucks dying and chasing, and yeah, without a doubt. So all three of us were successful. Um, so that's that. So that that's twenty two in a nutshell. Um, now moving forward, now we're all of us diehards. We're we're already we've got nine months to get ready for yeah. for twenty twenty three season, and so now we're in January. What are we doing, Rick? What what? Obviously, you still are uh-huh. are dealing with recovering and rehab yeah, with you the know, knee. But, but you know, I'm kind of let, let's take that out of the equation. Yeah. Um. So right now, you know, pulled a lot of our cameras. Cameras are, you know washed we leave one up on one of our food plots and our water hole just to get an idea when the deer are dropping horns um because you know a lot of guys you'll see guys shooting deer in december in iowa with muzzleloaders and they go to drag the deer and the horns pop off i uh, i'm a firm believer deer lose their horns with how hard the rut was if they're injured their health of the animal in the weather if it's stress, really stressed stress out under. winter um we just started seeing within the last two or three days deer are losing one side you know here and there but we still have bucks that have both sides so keeping an eye on them um in the past 
this is when if we're going to go in and make a bedding we'll do some hinge cutting um this type of year you know you get a nice decent day you can go out with the chainsaw you drop some by hinge cutting if you don't know what it is you can look it up online but you're basically taking the chainsaw you're not cutting huge huge trees you're cutting six to ten inch diameter trees you're cutting them about chest high you're not cutting them all the way through and you're trying to get them to fall to make a canopy where deer feel safe to bed um you know they bucks you know a lot of guys make buck bedding um that way um other than that you know just kind of watching cameras doing that um you know if we have some stands that were in question during the season um pull them you know unhook them uh, a lot of times, you know, if you know, we know that's the last stand we're going to hunt, we'll loosen up the bottom ratchet so it doesn't grow into the tree, um, stuff like that. Dave, how about you? What are some of the things that you personally like to do this time of year? When it comes to deer hunting only, if we're talking about deer hunting. Yes. Um, personally, for us, yeah, we have, I mean, the blinds that we head out, especially our pop-up blinds, get them out. Oh, yeah. The, these winters, you got to get them down. So we've been doing that. Um, I personally like to go out when there's just enough snow. And I do a big loop of all our property, not just mine, but the neighbors miles away and look where all the runs are, how are these deer running. Now we still have some corn standing just because we had some hail corn. It's still there. I was there the other day because I was going up squirrel hunting, had a couple, we had a little squirrel hunt. It was kind of fun. Um, but we do that a little bit. We, my, my thing is I, I don't want to walk into their bedding. I still won't because I want them to drop their antlers in there. I want them to stay on our property. Um, the only time I look for sheds in January will be in their food area only. And that'll be like in the fields because I can literally go there. I'm not busting them. If you bust them out of your area, it's just like anything else. They will go your neighbor's property and maybe eat there. And that's just not a cool thing. Um, I will say there's a, the other issue with that is um, the, the does are still have a little, some won't go into heat even in. Yeah. End oh, of, for end. sure. So there what happens then. There was a guy on. It wasn't on the Woodsman. It was a, what's the one year, um, Michiana Sportsman. Or, yeah, Michigan Sportsman. That they were talking about third rut. I so see. here's what I say. I have a, um, I mean, my, my thing is that I've done a lot of reading on it, too, is that t- the, the bucks still have a lot of testosterone still going. They will not drop their antlers until that kind of gets out of there. So I won't look for really go shed hunting until the end of February, yep. at least March. Yep. I don't want to walk in there. I don't want to bust my deer. So when I was out squirrel hunting, I heard a squirrel down on this little bottom. I took three steps. 30 deer took off. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I saw four <laughs> bucks in the 30. I'm like, <sighs> but, yeah. but I, I knew I watched. Even though it. it's January, anytime you see it, that's it. It, it, it just, it drove <sighs> me, it drove me bonkers. So the deer walked, the deer ended up going to the top of the hill. I backed out. I made sure I didn't do anything, but you know, like anything else, I'm all about scouting. So every time I'm in the woods, no matter what I do, I'm scouting, but I don't want to do that very often. So I don't want to go into their major areas. I won't do that even in January. I wait until end of February. Um, coyotes. Talking about deer hunting, we got to keep the coyotes down a little bit. There's a lot of science about even if you shoot them, then they come back even tenfold stronger. Or if you don't, whatever. I still, we can trap them, shoot them, whatever you can do. But some farmers won't even let you do that because they want the they, they want the raccoons. I mean, you used to hunt a spot that if you shot a coyote, you probably get in I, trouble. I, I, I literally kicked off. yelled at us. I literally lost a lease. <laughs> yeah. Because we killed a coyote running chasing a doe across the cornfield on opening day of gun season. And when we told him about it, he's like, well, why'd you do that for it? I'm like, well, he's Mad. trying to kill my deer. And he's like, well, I want my, coy- I want them coyotes yeah. out there to kill my raccoons. I'm like, well, I'm paying you a lot of money to lease your property for deer hunting. So, yeah. but yeah, I literally had a farmer kick me <clears throat> on, did yeah. not release it to me because we killed one coyote. And the other thing for me this year out of, I, for the last four years, I've used a crossbow and because my shoulders have been so bad, um, I can't even lift them sometimes. And I'm, I'm tired of using a crossbow. I can't stand it. I like, I'll use it when I need to, but I really don't like using one because it, it's so hard to carry up in the tree. Oh. Right? Everybody says, Oh, it's so much easier no. to use a crossbow. I can't stand it's using one. It's so there. awkward. If you're in a blind and you got a nice wrestler, I agree. I'm okay with that, but it's just so hard to carry it. I, I like to walk through the cornfields. I like to be in the thick areas. It's such a pain. It is. Either way, I bought a new bow. So my deal is I'm going to go down to ground zero um, or I'm going to go up to Hales, whatever, and I'll spend um, an hour here or there shooting my bow. Just keeping those muscles going. I can't shoot much more than 50 pounds anymore because it hurts too bad, but I like shooting. If anything, I'm going to go to 3D shoots this spring. 
or you know, in the summer, I'm going to do all that. But come January is really putting my stuff away, Just going through all my stuff, making sure what do I need, cleaning my, all my, my optics back up, putting my guns away, clean them up. You know, just getting all that stuff done so you know you don't wait until later to do it. And then come February, I'll start shed hunting really hard. And, or, I mean, at the end of February, come March. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of things, too, depending on where you're at. I mean, we've been fairly fortunate this year. I mean, we had the major sto- snowstorm yeah, we've and, had and no Christmas. Snow, really. But, I mean, it's been relatively mild where it's been comfortable. I mean, there's a lot of years where we're not even going to set foot out there because it's no, just too, too freaking cold. wind's blowing. It's below zero wind chills. If we're going to do anything in January when it's like that, we're going to be drinking beer in an ice shanty, yeah. Yeah. nice and warm and, and ice fishing versus. And, and truly, too, I look forward to around the January, February, Mark, too, is usually they'll have, like, here pretty soon in February, I think, 4th, they have a thing up in um, – uh, DNR Sports will have a thing you can go score, get, get get your deer scored. They also have Dewajet Conservation Club will have their little deer rendezvous. Yeah, we used to go to the show up at the Delta Plex every year, but now they're doing that this year. But well, they're doing it, but they just moved it. It's a different place now. next year. I thought it was, they're not doing it this year. No, twenty four. I, I thought I seen. It's not built moved. yet. Oh, okay. It's not built. Twenty four is our next time. They're building a place just for it. I think. Oh, they bought a place. I thought. They right, were, but it's not done. Okay. okay. They're not gonna be able to do it this year. So, anyways, those shows I enjoy doing that. So that's that couple months of going to these hunting shows, seeing new products, talking to guys that we've yeah. met over the years. I know quite a few of these guys who you're like, hey, I'll, I get to see guys I haven't seen in years. Um, so that's kind of what I do in this spring, you know, this, this it's, January, February. It's probably the, the deadest month, I guess. As it you is. said, you know, I mean, there's well, not. February is pretty dead. Yeah. I mean, January, I mean, February, you, you know. We're, again, it depends on weather, I, it does. I think. You know, if, but when was the last time we had good ice? Right. You know, I mean, that's you know, so iffy but i mean if the way i look at it too weather pending and depending on where you're at in the country you know like you mentioned you don't really want to go into the bedding area just as of yet you know you want to wait until as you said they drop um but then you still do you know at some point do you want to take a good walk through that core bedding area and 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 where you wouldn't even you don't even want to come close to that obviously during hunting season you try to hunt around it. I do it once a year. Yeah, yeah. unless I shoot a deer. I so do it I once will a year. this year. I our little nineteen acres where I shot my big one. So where he ran into is kind of a hill where you go up another six seven hundred yards on top of this hill. Top of the hill is my property line, and there's houses. You know, there's two houses back there. Um, they're within a thousand yards of where our food plot is but the deer and i don't go i just for some reason we've never went in there never i've never said that's where the deer come from i'm good with that i'm not gonna tempt my luck well my deer died just inside of there where we could see and oh my lord i mean there was trees in there the size of my thigh shredded yeah there was the snow it stunk it was just nothing but deer pee Everywhere, sure like wasn't, old, sure, old. Sure, it wasn't Bigfoot, <laughs> <laughs> but old rubs, you know. And I told Hunter, I said, "This is we need to, you know, do something. We need to get cameras in here and leave one all year long, yep. you know, just because that's where our bucks came from." And I don't hold my little property is we don't hold bucks. We might get one that lives there. All summer long, but it seems like as soon as the velvet comes off, they're gone. Um, they come and feed on my pro- I keep does. You know, we'll have I'm average running cameras between six to fifteen does on our property, but they stay there. Well, you got your does, you're gonna have your bucks, and it just works out for us that we have the doe bedding and. We hunt it right. We're, you know, and it was hard to get Hunter to say, we're not only going to hunt this so many times. We're only going to hunt on this wind. We're not going in here. Just do it. If we're going to go in here, we're not walking. We're going to drive a truck because you drive a truck. You're a farmer. They see trucks. As soon as you step out of this truck, you are now a predator. You're in their territory. You're leaving ground scent. Just don't do it. You know, there's no sense in going on unless we're hunting, you know, and that, you know, Five years, six years now, we've shot some nice bucks, you know, at least four, five over 125, 130, you know, in the last five, six years. So we're doing something right and on stuff. The one, the one thing that I incorporated this year, 
was on the trail cam side of things, I pretty much moved my one away from my normal hunting area spots to monitor deer yep. to where property I have, it's pretty much one lane going in. And last year, um, I had a deer sled and my decoy clear in the back, a mile back off the road, stashed in. I just had it thrown in tall weeds. Stolen. So this year, I'm like, you know what? Since now with, with the – this is another advantage of these cellular trail cameras. Now I've got one tucked away on that lane walking in. So now anybody – Yep. I mean, granted, they can still get in otherwise, but if they're sure. going to take the easy route and, and take <laughs> the lane. They're going to steal something. They're going to steal something. Right, but at least I'm going to get a picture of them. Yep. Or even if they see my camera and they're going to try to take my camera. Well, and you know some neighbors and talk to them. Right. And find out, hey, well, who's this guy coming around? Who's this guy? And that's a beautiful thing of, you know, sometimes the Facebook is is the devil oh. in a lot of areas, but that's one thing to where good thing. it can use to your advantage because, yes, you can, if, especially no, no matter where you're at across the country, you all have got different variety of social media groups that you're members of, probably according to your area. And you get a trail cam picture of somebody walking on your property, post that picture. Hey, anybody know this guy? You know, and hopefully if you get a quality enough, and I'm going to say eight out of 10 times, you're yeah. normally going to find somebody that's going to say, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's someone we know in the area. So that's one thing that I've everybody. done that I did literally – um, you know, in January was I set a trail camera up near um, the entrance of the property. You know, I mean, obviously everybody's property is laid out different, but with mine, where it's pretty much one way in, one way that's out. That's the worst part. That's the only bad thing about. That's the only bad thing about that property. Is there's one way. It's the same yeah. as mine yep. across the street. You got one way in. I mean, once you get there, you can go left, you can go right, and different things. But yeah, man, it would be so much nicer if you come in all four ways. But you know, <laughs> thinking about your property. Rob, you know, when I was back to turkey hunting, and you sh- I mean, I know your land and what you're doing, and you showed me lots of pictures over the years and stuff, is, you know, you said that there's that spot back there where that big, like, tornado went through there. It's like you came and walked through it, and you said you want to get back there. There's one island or something like that you want to We call it to. Skull Island. Well, what I'm saying is that this is almost, if the snow's not bad and you can get back there because everything gets frozen, it's the best time to do that because you can see everything. Yep. You know, here real soon, you get you get later – Sports comes in, baseball's here, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, you're like, oh, man. And you don't have time to go back out to Skull Island and get it done. These months are a great time yeah. to say, hey, let's go do it. And, and, and if you have the weather permitting and it's and it's comfortable enough to be out there, especially maybe not so much in the core bedding areas but in transitions or mm-hmm. in food, if you want to do any moving, tr- moving of tree stands especially or whatever or do any – I mean, the earlier the better. Yeah, I mean, building permanent blinds, anything whatever. you can do out there. Just the sooner, right. the sooner you can get it done, yep. the better. Yep. I mean, oh, I'll wait till eight, you know. But the biggest advantage too is when when you're doing that, and that's a, a huge key. Is where so many people. I'm gonna I'm gonna say your average hunter is probably going to wait. They're not even they're not even going into deer mode maybe until like August, right? You know, and that's well. Who the hell wants to be in the damn yeah. woods? And a lot of people in August then, with all the heat and the mosquitoes and and you're sweating and you're yeah. you're dispersing your scent. I mean, you're producing more bacteria than you're ever going to. But the but the other thing too is that if you move, especially when moving stands, whether it's now February, March, April, I want to get stuff set up before stuff starts growing again because yeah. then you're going to be able to see it's going to look exactly how it's going to look come yep. rut time in November when all the leaves drop. And granted, you're still going to have to go out there in, in August probably and trim yeah, some yeah. lanes. And oh, do yeah, some, stuff trim that's going to blow down or storms yeah. in the summer. and For sure. So, But that's another thing that I like to do, um, weather permitting, obviously, is, yep. is get out there. If you've got any stand or blind movements that you want to get done, I think now's the time while it's still while everything's dead because you're going to get the same views as you would yep. when it come rut time when it's important. Um, you know, when all the leaves are dropped. So, but yeah, I think the cell cam, I think that, again, that's, I think that's a huge tool to have. Game changers. Yeah. I still have four of my cell cams going and they all are in places where really by the food, by the food source. I moved them all out too. They're not into those bedding areas right now. And I want to do that for the same reason you are, but I'm doing also for coyotes. Yep. I'm also doing it to see how many does are actually on the property right now. How many bucks kept their antlers? I'm, I've actually I got two or three bucks. I actually made it through there two and a half or three and a half. 
you know, a lot of year and a half old bucks, you know, they make it through. But to see your crop for next year, to see kind of what we're, where are we, you know. Um, I know like for us, we killed 10 does this year. And I'm still seeing 10 times more does than I see bucks. So that tells me that when I see literally a field full of does and only a handful of bucks, um, I know right now they're all yarded up. I mean, and I happen to right. have an area that has corn. So guess what? No, Every deer corn, in, yeah. in four miles is is on yep. is in my area. So you go drive around, every field has 35 deer in it, 40 right. deer. I mean, some have more than that. There's a, there's some fields that have 100 deer in it, but they're not mine, but they're, you know, down the street. But um, you look at them, and you literally see doe, 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 doe. I mean, does and does and more. I don't think you can shoot enough, I'll be honest with you. I mean, in, in, in certain areas. Um, so that's why I like looking at our January time of looking at cameras is our best time to say, Hey, next year, let's look how, how, what are we going to do for next year? You know, we're already looking, shoot, I'm, I'm always looking. I mean, everywhere I go, I look for runs, look for deer tracks, look for something, you know, down the street. Um, so that's kind of how I like to sell cameras. It tells us a lot. Absolutely. I mean, it tells, I mean, right now I got a guy who's asked, Hey, can we come out and maybe do some coyote hunting on your land? And we got this stuff coming up with coyote, um, you know, hunting tournament coming up. I was like, shoot, these guys are good coyote hunters. Come in here and shoot two or three of them if you can. Yeah, as long as you can trust them. Oh yeah, these yeah. are these are good friends. These are these are people I would trust wholeheartedly to come in and do that. And that's what I've been telling them. I've been seeing it two, three coyotes every day. Yeah. Every day now it's cold. So come in and shoot them. You know, I'm not gonna hurt my feelings any. Right. <laughs> you know, I'd be happy. Yeah, you know, and before this, before we had the laws changed, you know, you, we could put mineral down and stuff like that. Ten years ago, we were putting minerals down for the does and the bucks, you know, to, you know, everybody thinks that a mineral is just for bucks to grow horns. No, it's not. The new minerals they have out now actually help the, the does that are going to give birth and helps the babies and stuff like that. But now we can't do that. So we, you know, that's one thing we, less we don't get forward to looking is making mineral sites or touching up the old ones and stuff like that. That's another thing they took away from us. That. And I think, too, another advantage of food plots is I'm still a firm believer that, you know, especially, once again, depends how your property is laid out. But if you've got natural agriculture as far as corn and beans, and then you say you go dig up and, and create a brand new food plot area, you're going to attract the younger deer. But, I mean, a lot of times I don't think the mature because they're, they're palate but it's really going to come into effect if, if you still got any food left now when they don't. I mean, oh, yeah, the food plots are, I, I think, I, to me, food plots are as equally beneficial right now, even though we're not getting to take the advantage of 100%. it. But in a way, we are because it's giving the deer something other than bark off the trees to eat. Yeah, like what our bottom plot um, is clover, and they're digging. You know, they're in our grazing, but they're digging, too. You know, my turkeys are in there now. Um, all the turkeys are flocked up, so they're in there picking, picking bugs out of what you know, whatever bugs that are flying around. When it was fifty-five degrees, you had crap everywhere, so they were right. everywhere inside the clover, picking it. But yeah, it's you know, if you have turnips that are still in, they're you know, they're pure sugar now, and the deer want the carbohydrates to get fat. There's food; they're gonna find it. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, but they're finding acorns that they missed. You know, they're they're scavengers. They're looking for whatever they can getting their belly right now because they're yeah. starving apparel wise i mean this is another thing that i do this time of, it's i kind of do an inventory of like all my clothes yep. you know sometimes it's stuff like okay it's time to time to get rid of that you know buy something do some upgrades obviously now especially every year they've got newer technology stuff bigger and better things and it's just amazing what they've, you know, especially with the whole base layer system now, which I love because now it, we don't have to look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man yeah. <laughs> anymore going out when it's, once it gets, you know, below 40 degrees like we used to. And everybody would be, I mean, like, I think we all do it. We all go back. We throw our stuff in a big pile, put it back in there. I'll do it in the fall. Yep. If you literally just put it back in the, yep. you know, set, set them down a little bit, get them in the wash, spray them down a little bit, get them back in your totes, and just put the tote away. Then you come back, at least you don't have to then redo. You got blood on them from the fall. I mean, you've got, you know, you, you came back home because you're excited. You shot your last deer, yep. and now you're with all the guys. You're out in the <laughs> barn. You're walking through oil. You're walking, you know what I'm saying? And oh, then right. you kind of don't care because you shot the deer. 
you forget about that. Now look at your, your gears all messed Another up. Another so. thing I think that everybody should do in January is probably, if you're like me, you need to clean your garage out because oh, your garage, during deer, I mean, your, my your, truck. your truck and your garage Terrible. for me is just an absolute war zone. My truck right now still has yeah. up to the top almost stuff. And so stable. now it's like, and then, and then you had, like with my garage, I've, it's all right. I got hunting crap everywhere and then you then you throw on christmas you know yeah. then you get boxes and wrapping paper and big and, box that you see and, and then the wife oh. and the wife you got yelling at me about well look at your truck look at the garage look at oh the yeah i still <laughs> so the buck hunter shot with you late you know I, that december it got so cold it froze so we had to wait for it to get warm and thaw so we could cut it up well now all my hoses are froze, so I have blood on my garage floor. I gotta, I gotta clean up. You know, well that ain't gonna get done until everything thaws. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's you know, and we waterfowl hunt, so now we have decoy. You know, he's got his duck decoys laying here and waders laying. Is I wish I would have built a two hundred by two hundred pole barn. There's it, not it, enough room for all this. It's crap. just amazing how much you can destroy <laughs> your vehicle and your garage. It's just oh, crap. It's terrible. Everywhere, so that's another thing that you know that yeah. I'd like to grant again, and whether another, pending or whether or not you have a heated garage or not. Obviously, if you don't have a heated garage and it's fifteen degrees out, you're I, not going out there. To play. Yeah, it's it'll it'll wait till it gets warm, but I actually enjoy it, and and it's amazing too. I find out too that the old saying of one man's trash is another man's treasure. I mean, with with these hunting clothes, don't do just put them on marketplace. Oh, every ten bucks, Hiles. every thing i've ever put on facebook marketplace i get within a half hour everything's sold yep. right and it's so easy now with you know with meeting up and paypal and venmo i mean it's just all 100 percent. and another and, good thing about this time of year and you brought this up i think it was yesterday or the day before on uh the woodsman you can find stuff that's on sale that you're going to need hand warmers oh yeah i literally bought warmers. i bought toe warmers. you use toe yeah. warmers at all ever mm-hmm Toe warmers are the bomb. They've saved my butt all the time. Yep. I don't know if you guys use toe warmers, but oh, Costco had them for five bucks for forty. Yeah, they are literally a dollar a piece at Walmart, other places. If you get them for right. fifty cents a piece, you're doing great. Yeah, that'd be twenty bucks. You get forty for five dollars. I bought I bought six boxes. But you go into these, <laughs> you know, and say you need a new grunt call or you need a new, you know, estrus. Everything's marked marked down. You need some spray. I just bought all my scent lock spray at Royal yeah. King. There were two two I think fifty. Yeah. For a ten dollar, you're gonna buy some. Right. You know, you get the hooks. You get a pack of three hooks for your bags or whatever. Fifty cents at well, TSC. And nowadays, what I learned and what I I took advantage of that, but I went a little higher. Is tree stands? Yeah, hundred percent. Like gone. I mean, this is a, this is all pre pre COVID. You had you can go to any department store, whether it's Walmart, Rural King, Dicks. You always had your sixty nine, seventy nine, ninety five, fifteen foot basic ladder stand that. Yeah. Now they're one twenty nine. Yeah, and the, and they're literally hard to find. Mm-hmm. I walked in during Christmas shopping. I walked into Walmart. I always I always got to take a walk through the sporting goods to see, and they had like eight fifteen foot base ladder stands. I scanned it, sixty seven bucks. Bought two of them right then and there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. They're still out my garage in a box. I haven't even taken yep. them out of the box yet. Dunham's is great for that. You go up to yeah. Dunham's and you can, you know, find a a twenty foot ladder for that was $199 you can get it for 80 bucks yeah so that's definitely that, yep. that's and I'm glad you brought that up because that's a huge um thing to be doing this time of year um as far as getting ready for the for the next season is is saving some money and getting tree stands just remember with your scent and stuff like the you know the sprays and stuff like that when you get it don't put it out in a garage where it's going to freeze and, and fall freeze it put it in a basement put it in uh your hunting room or something like that just do, try not to let it because that water is going to break it down you know, a lot of guys don't think about that. The water will break down whatever's in there. And sure, you can buy the packs and refreshing it and stuff like that. But if you can just keep it in the house until hunting season comes around, then you take it out or even take it out during spring or summer. Get it out and get it in the barn or, or whatever. That, but, that's a good thing to do. The other thing that, that I've enjoyed so far since we've had somewhat, I, I don't want to call it a mild, but it just hasn't been really a fierce winter <clears throat> to where I've been able to get out and, and we've we've breach the subject of coyotes and just i mean i'll just grab i'll grab the gun and i'll go get in a tree stand just like i'm deer hunting but yep. I'm, I'm looking for coyotes and and lo and behold the last time i went out i got there got the call and i'm playing the going going to town with the distressed rabbit call next thing you know here come a whole freaking herd of deer 
<laughs> like within 10 yards of me. I'm like, and there, I'm like, well, there obviously is no coyotes around because they are complete perfect. So I'm literally trying to scare deer away to get them out of there, you know, because I'm trying to help them out. Um, Have you guys noticed how bad raccoons are this year? Bad. Terrible. I'm worried about our turkeys. I, I thought I thought I would not just do a coyote. I mean, a raccoon hunt, just because they're so they're so yeah. bad. I've never seen so many raccoons. My cameras are full of raccoons. Yeah. I, with that being said, on our property, on the west edge of our, we had stand, we had corn this year, and on the west side, the entire west side was just not destroyed. If my property was closer, I would just put a whole bunch of dog proof traps out, and you get a ton, a ton of, of them. Yep. The problem is, mine is so far away from home. I yeah. just, I have yeah, because if you trap, you got to have the discipline of you got to check, check them every day. Yeah, every hours, you have to check them every twenty four hours. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's going to. Speaking of that, that's going to be um, one of our probably one of our next podcast is trapping. You know, whether it's for coyotes or or whatever. Yeah. Um, we got a good friend of ours, common friend. Um, his name's Dave. That. We're gonna um, talk to. Then we're also gonna talk to some a couple of other guys, uh, maybe even uh, twin brothers that have gotten really big into not trapping coyotes but hunting them at night yeah, with the, the whole thermals and I mean, and that stuff ain't cheap. Mm. Um, but uh, I know this is a great time of year to because I don't know how all states are. We 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 here we're in <clears throat> Michigan, but I'm sure most states are now this way. We can hunt coyotes 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. And that's just one thing to get you out, get you outdoors, get you out in the woods. And then, you know, you can be out there trying to kill a coyote or two. But you also can maybe learn something from for deer hunting. Sure. You know, you might every time out you should. I, sometimes you, you, every time you go out in the woods, you, you hope to learn something that that you can apply for the next time you go out or yep. for a future hunt. So, um I know one thing, like we talked about a little before we even started the podcast, is you know one thing when I I'm jonesing to deer to do some hunting. I'm home. Mm-hmm. I've been doing all this stuff. I just jump online, watch some YouTube. There's tons of great podcasts out there to listen to, or there's tons of great videos to watch. You know, a lot of people get tired of watching the mainstream videos. You know, the ones that you know they have a food plot. They're in Iowa. They're killing a 200 inch deer, and and truly, it's not hunting like we have to hunt it, it's literally truly a, it's a deer farm even though it's not fenced in and god love them they have the opportunity to do it i wish i was some of them to be able to shoot those giant bucks but for me i need to fix once in a while and i try to watch certain um cody robbins i like watching him up in, up in um uh, saskatchewan no. you know manitoba up there you know saskatchewan's where he kills usually kills these i he's just want to kill one of those mules but his storytelling is fantastic and he just does a great job i love watching storytelling you know, I like watching Meat Eater once in a while. I watch some of these guys, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I like, I like watching Dan Infault and those guys. I mean, I like to watch what they do. Um, it's kind of cool on, on, on YouTube or uh, Winky or, or a Midwest Whitetails. Right, or, you know, any of those kinds of ones you can get onto, give you that fix, you can do it. You can do it all through January, it, February, March. You can do all that through the spring. Well, I, I watch it through you the know? entire year. And, and, you know, you mentioned YouTube. I mean, you know, it used to be you know get the outdoor channel yep. on, on your satellite. I don't provide. think I've watched the outdoor channel. I have not either. Channel I have years. I have been complete YouTube. Yep. I'm a YouTube nerd. <laughs> I, I, I subscribe to YouTube TV. Yep. Um, I'm totally on the streaming thing, and it just seems like you get so much more raw, natural, amateur, real de- the real deal. Well, guys like us. Yeah. Guys yeah. like us yes. are just hunting. You know, you basically, all you need is a cell phone now. Yep. That's all you need. Especially, I mean, with the cameras like this. 100%. I mean, they're, they're maybe still don't have the greatest for low light scenarios, but, yeah, I mean, but, but still. If you, you know, anything you want can be made to stick on anything yep. anymore. Yeah, because now, like, the, even the newest thing, it's just like a magnet. Magnet inside your case. Yep. Yeah. Put a magnet on your bow, the front of your bow, or whatever. Mount it on your yep. scope, or, you know, that that's the one thing that we talked about crossbows. And crossbows have a great – they're great, but yet there's a lot of traditionalists that don't like them. But that's one advantage, too, of using – I mean, it's so much if you can mount something to your scope on your crossbow sure. to a phone mm-hmm. where you're not holding on to it. For, for a bow and arrow, it's just, it just seems like it's a little more awkward to control. It that's is. why they, they use those you know, tacticams. cams. Yeah. They use those little tactic cam cameras. To where, yeah, it's just moving. Right. goes yeah. right in there. It's pretty much – it, it becomes GoPro. your stabilizer. Yeah, a yeah. GoPro or something like that. You know, yeah. And the guys, you know, they put some on there, they practice with it. It's, and just, it's amazing what some of these guys, I mean, you get on YouTube and like go to the hunting public and, and some of the things that these guys can do with these cameras. Well, I just watched one where they literally went three miles in Minnesota 
It was Minnesota, Wisconsin. Maybe it was Wisconsin. They went three miles back and these islands. And the one guy shoots, I mean, a 140-inch whitetail. Yeah. And he, he, he saw three other guys that day. Did you see the one where – Three other where, guys. Where Ward hunted – when we had that Christmas blizzard. Oh, yeah. It was like – um, what? I mean, 14, it was in circumstance like I am fourteen not, below zero or something. I'm not like freaking going out hunting yeah. today. Screw yeah. that. These guys are out in it. Well, Dan Infault just did. They did They're a show hard. up in uh, UP of Michigan, and they were going from talking about the deer yards and how the deer are on all the people's plants, and you're they're hunting public, but the deer on private. Well, that private's only like you know, hundred by hundred, and they're eating every freaking plant they have. Yeah, um, and stuff like that. But it, that was a great show. They showed, um, you know, all the logging going on, and they there was a dead coyote laying by all these logs that they just wolves killed it. I mean, they were showing the wolf tracks; they were huge. It was just yeah. dead. They a wolf killed. There was a pack of wolves that just killed this coyote and left it lay there. It's insane. But some of that stuff is so cool. You you're not going to see that on your DVD store or anything like that. I mean, it's all raw footage, and they're putting it on YouTube just. The do you know he does it because he sells stands and sticks and all that stuff. But yeah, just it's insane that what's out there for us to watch and learn anymore. Anybody can do it. Everybody's doing it. It seems like. Well, before you know it, we'll be getting the uh, old goblin call. They'll hand calls and mouth I'm calls. I'm excited for that. I'm already excited. Gobblers and you know, and, and you know that's where. Now I'm even looking at. All right, where, what state can I go to first? You know, I mean, yeah. I know I know Florida opens relatively early in March. Well, Florida opens, I think, the second week of March. Yep. I know Nebraska. I'm not playing with snakes or gators no. to shoot I, a There's turkey. just something no, about again, Florida. No. I don't know if I'd. I'm having the opportunity. Hopefully, I'll be uh, I'll be turkey hunting in Kentucky and Ohio this year. So, I'll be shooting. Hopefully, I'll be, getting, we'll be doing that. I'll be doing the Ohio, Kentucky, and uh, Michigan. You think the – obviously, we, we talked about the, the public craze on, on public land for deer. Is it the same for turkey? I mean, is it about as bad for turkey hunting on public? I don't think so, but I, I don't know if other states, what their rules are on certain publics or not and how you get yeah. tags and stuff. I don't know how that works. I mean, I've always had private land. You know, and here we're in Michigan, and I think a, a huge thing that's come in the state of Michigan is the HAP programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's there's a lot of state land out there that some people, I mean, especially if you don't have these apps now sure. with the Onyx or, you know, the HuntWise or whatever yeah. that tell you, I mean, there are so many places. I mean, granted, I don't ever want to lose the property I have. No, 100%. You know, that I, that I lease. But if I did and I'm like, I, and I had to be forced to public hunt, I'm I'm not going to be devastated. Oh, my daughter lives up in Saginaw now. I don't know how many times. Oh, many big deer, you know, through the summer going up and seeing her in the fall coming. Oh, my Lord. And it's all state land up there now. Yeah. It's all state land. You just, I mean, and it's a different ball game though, because you're not you're not doing a lot of. I mean, I don't I don't get how these guys do a lot of trail cameras and stuff. I'm like, well, I don't they're know also I, using the ones you know they're sponsored by a company, right? That also, they if you're it's Exodus. If your trail camera gets stolen, they replace it. You know that they have the best warranty on the market. Yeah. But there's also states where you cannot put a trail camera on state property. You're not allowed to. There's different states. Iowa, you can. I want to say I don't think you can in Minnesota or Wisconsin. I'm not sure, but I, I thought that was. And I'm not sure about Michigan if you can run, run. Um, it's still a challenge, though. I mean, because you, you got to sh- read the rules. You shoot. I'm. I'm sorry, but you shoot any buck over 100 inches on public land, especially in Michigan. That's yeah. yeah. That's. I mean, and again, half the time is probably being at the right place. I know a guy who right two years time. in a row shot one over 140. Yeah. But I mean, I'm it's so man. hard to find a public spot though, too, where you can actually scout like summer and, and do the full fruition. Right, it's hard. Now, granted, you might have some very large public areas that have like over a thousand acres, and some of a lot of it is unaccessible. And just how motivated you are to get back to these places, or what you have capable. You know, that's the other thing. The one thing I don't like is a lot of these. They won't let you bring any like so. Like say, if you have a quad. A lot of these places won't let you even for retrieval. Oh, you're not. You can't be on there. I mean, the roundhouse, we have 7,000 So, I mean, that, that deter- I mean, but that's a, deter- a deterrent if I'm like, well, sure. I got to walk three miles back to yeah. where I can finally kind of hunt by myself. Well, that's where but a then lot of these like, guys are getting into well, those bikes. Yeah. Those bikes, so you can use those bikes. But, I mean, around here we have almost 7,000 acres of state land. And 
they're all small, 100 acres, 50 acres, 20 acres, 70 acres, 50 acres, you know, three, a couple of them are a couple, two, 300 acres, and they have two tracks all through them. And you could, if you could go back there, but you're not, you're, they all of them have, you know, you're not going to take your, you can't have any motorized vehicles on it. And um, what was I going to say? Gosh darn it. Old age. Um, God bless it. Mm-hmm. It just left me. It was there and it's gone. You know, we talk about, um, you know, with the apparel and stuff, the other great Bass Pro, Cabela's, holy crap. It's like some, it's Christmas. Yeah, you oh, get some stupid. great deals there. But it's Christmas. Yeah. I just go there and just look and look. I'm like, I don't. I want that, and I want that, and I want that, and I, I want one of those, and two of those, but that's okay. <laughs> I so. made a decision. I will say, hey, though, you better, I know this is, I mean, the new place up in Kalamazoo, DNR Sports, you've been there since they changed? Oh, it's nice. It looks like a it's like a Bass Pro. Pro it's, yeah, it's, it's literally huge it's huge. It's big. Yeah. I mean, just saying that that's another place up there that that's and, and, and you know being well, and it's hard too because pretty, cool, pretty good little place around here. I mean, Rural King they're they're a pretty uh, popular around the Midwest. They used to be huge, but now with all the online shopping, oh, just the the sal- yeah. I mean, because that's one thing I would always love. I would just love to go. It'd be like my wife going into Macy's, or, and there'd be times I say, "Babe, I'm going to I'm going to Rural King." And I'll be gone yeah. for like two hours. Just walking around, and I, looking, yeah, and I'm just looking at popcorn. And I'm I'm just looking at something. Yeah, there changed, ain't nothing changed. to look at anymore. It's changed. Yeah. There's not, nothing to look at. I know what I was going to say. Um, like five years ago, I made a decision. I got tired of being cold during gun season. And I I said, you know what? It seems like every couple of years I'm buying something for clothes. I just said, you know, I'm going to put the money in right now. And I bought Sitka. And it is the best purchase I think I've made as far as hunting clothes. It's so. What's the magic thing that's in Sitka that makes it? It's so warm. But what makes I it? What, what's that different thing? It's it's warm and it's not huge, bulky. You know, clothing. I mean, the stuff I have, and I and I paid a little bit, you know, more. Well, you're gonna pay suit, for it for the suit. You know, I got the I got bibs and a nice jacket that zips across and all that. You can bow hunt when it gets real cold. It's not awkward to shoot your bow um but it's i mean you can hunter wears it and he'll go sitting you know he's one of those kids he'll sit next to drew he's still young enough he'll and he he'll dad i'm setting this known i don't i'm not cold i don't know what it is i don't know if it's a loft if how it's sewn whatever but you know q is the same way guys are buying buying that and they're saying the exact same thing i if you have the means do yourself a favor and just Bite the bullet. It's going to last you. Like I said, it's five years going on, and I know I can use it next year. I tell you another, I switch over. I bought all my gear right now is the Huntworth yep. right off their website. I really like their stuff. And now, now the and right, right after I just bought all, I mean, lightweight you, yeah, pants, lightweight it. jacket, heavy. I went, I mean, I, I spent a fortune. And then, like, the next month later, then they come out with all this heat wear. Because mm-hmm. now they yeah. have all these things now where you just – Push a button. You, you – you, you put a rechargeable battery, a very small, compact, flat battery pack in there. You charge them up. Yeah. All you do is hit, and it's like the whole, yep. you know, whether it's your hands, your socks, your pants, your sure. vest, everything's heated, and it keeps I think, you. I think for me, my next thing, I get that. I get what you're saying all that. I think my next one is going to be like Cody Robbins has. I'm going to get the heater bodysuit. Just because I don't usually hunt. I'm one of these people, come gun season, I like to be mobile. So I'm on the ground. I hardly ever hunt out of a tree stand in gun season. I say that because it's usually cold. I'm wearing Mickey Mouse boots. It's too cold. I don't want to be up in a tree stand and be this big blob up there. So I take a nice seat. I find where I want to be, or I'm in blinds, and I'm going to get a heater body suit. They're about four or 500 bucks, you know, about half of what it'd be for me to get a Sitka outfit yep. or something. And that's my next. I think if I'm going to spend money, I'm going to go get one of those. You know, it's like a big sleeping bag. You just put it over you, and then it opens up around your shoulders, and I'm getting that next. Yeah, that's, Rob, right. you you should buy that for me. It'd be nice. <laughs> and, you know, when, when I got it out in Iowa, that's all we, we had for our hunters, like especially during their gun season and late season, and guys swear by them. You know, you could wear whatever and just take them out and put them on or your heater body suit. Yo, they're insane. They have a thing that wraps around and goes on your back. You yep. just literally on your pack, you just go you out shrug there. shrug your shoulders. You, you put your, your boots bow. in it. You bring it up. You, had, you just yep. shrug your shoulders. It falls right off. And it, and it says, it's almost guaranteed not to make you. You're not, you can't be cold. Can you put you bush know? light in them? I yeah. don't, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. Well, gentlemen, I think that's going to wrap things up uh, for our January Whitetail Journal. Um, I think next month uh, we should talk 
Um, like I said, our, our probably our next podcast is probably going to uh, cover like trapping and coyotes and, and hunting. Whether, like I said, whether you want to trap them um, or you want to hunt them at night, hunt them in the day, what, whatever. I mean, there's so many ways, but it, it needs to be done. Um, I think the next time we reconvene on whitetails, we'll probably it'll be end of February, which we'll be getting into the the peak of sheds where pretty much they should all be down and all the different tactics that you can that can maybe help you because i mean though no matter how big them horns are it's still like finding a needle in a haystack so oh, there, and, the, and the squirrels you know yep, there's a lot of tactics and tricks and tips that they can uh get, go into you know trying to find sheds and it's it's again it's something to get you outdoors exactly and that's all what we're about here so we want to thank you for listening here on the outdoor you podcast if you liked our show Please help expand our audience by sharing on your social media platform and simply just by telling a friend. We would appreciate it. Thanks for listening and get outdoors. We would like to hear from you as the listener. If you would like one of our podcasts dedicated to a certain outdoor subject or to share your favorite outdoor experience, either as a guest on a show or post on our social media page, you can do all of the above by reaching us on Facebook at Outdoor You. Thanks for listening.